Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, welcome to this session three of Grow on our finances. You cannot get a topic I think that's so uh, or as important right now across the globe as this one. I'm really excited to have with us again, uh, Peter Gom. Uh, been such a blessing in the life of our church and such a help to so many people. But I'm also excited to have three brilliant young adult leaders here with us. Gabby Partha, Liz Schofield and Danny Todd here with their brilliant questions. If you missed the last session of this with these three, you really want to go back. I thought it was some of the most profound stuff came out as a result of their questions and some of their input to that. Uh, it really is brilliant. Up there again on our YouTube channel, stays up there, Metro Church WA. Uh, keep in mind, of course, that you're always welcome here at Metro. We love having people come and join us for the first time. We'd love to celebrate you, be a blessing. Uh, don't forget, next Sunday, of course, it's on a Monday. That's what we call it here at Metro. It's Father's Day everywhere else around the, uh, uh, this nation. We go all out and, and really making our men feel special. So for the women, it's uh, Celebrate Women Day, Mother's Day, everywhere else. But we wanted to widen it out because that's just the kind of church we are. We've done the same with the men. By the way, while I'm speaking about being generous, thank you to every single one of you that continues to be faithful to God in your tithes and your offerings. You know our heart here is never to bring pressure, but I always want to bring honour. And I want to make sure that we're celebrating you and saying thank you to each one of you. Thank you for... Uh, obeying God in that area. And I know that His blessing will be on you in your home, in your life. I talk to people all the time here in this church who tell me about the results of God's blessing being in their life. And so we're praying for you and praying that God will thoroughly pour out His blessing into your life. But let's dive right in. Danny, you were asking about financial stress. What an important thing it is to be able to get rid of some of that stress off our life. Here's the man himself. Here's the expert. Go ahead. Yeah, I guess the context for that one is I see a lot of people around me these days that starting to get real heavy into investing or put a lot of time into research and understanding and it starts, I guess, consume a lot of their personal life and their spare time and you can just see them getting real stressed about it and it's starting to impact them emotionally. Um, and I guess trying to get that balance right of being wise with your finances but not letting it consume you or hold on to it too tightly that it starts impacting your personal life. I guess it's a hard balance to strike. Um, I guess from your experiences, how have you seen people cope with that and what, I guess what are some effective strategies that people can put in place to make sure they're, I guess, still looking after themselves and not getting too caught up in financial stress or if they find that they are, how do they come out of it? Uh, well, I'm guessing there'd be... Uh a lot of young people, and not even young people, but a lot of people who'd be pretty stressed at the moment if they invested in Bitcoin or any any of those um, any of those investments, if that's what you want to call it. And I'd say, I use that term loosely um, over the last eighteen months and even today. Dive right in Bitcoin. Tell us, what you, <laughs> tell us what you really think. Well, you've all all heard me say before: don't invest money you can't afford to lose, and don't invest in something you don't understand. No one understands Bitcoin, so why would you? So that's as much as I have to say on that. Um, so that obviously would be a cause of financial stress. The stock market hasn't been performing very well. So if you'd invested only a couple of months ago, you'd be in strife. And so again, you don't really want to 
when you're investing, if it means that you're worried about it and if you're studying the stocks every day because if they go down, it's going to kill me, well, guess what? You shouldn't be investing in stocks. Get the heck out of them. Let me ask you while you're on that because it runs a bit uh, parallel to that is gambling. Mm -hmm. You know, because what you're really saying, if you don't understand it uh, and you can't afford to lose it, you're really gambling. Correct. Uh, and for so, I've got some people, friends of mine that I know that have put money into things and had no idea about that industry at all. And I thought it's no different to going down and putting on the roulette wheel, I would imagine. Mm, mm. What's your thing on gambling? Well, I think if you're going to, if you, rather than actually going into the casino, you might as well just drive, go down the driveway, wind down the window, chuck 50 bucks out the, <laughs> out the door and just keep going because yeah. at least you save yourself some time. You know, you know what the result's going to be. So... Yeah. I've, and I'm, I'm really, really critical these days of you know, organisations like the AFL where one of the larger sports betting companies is the major sponsor and yet you know, you've got young footballers who suddenly get two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 a year, plenty of time on their hands and what do we do? So I would just download the app and or while you're having the, you know, watching the footy, you can have a, I don't know, what is it, a six-bet multi or something like that, mm. just boom, gone and then you can double up and triple up and quadruple up and all that. Can I just ask you guys, is that something that any of your friends circle, or well, let's not double your friends in, but any of the people that maybe you know or you've heard about, is is gambling used to be the old blokes going down to the TAB. Hmm. That was almost like a day out, I think. But now there's apps that you can just, they just pick up the phone and download. Is that a thing? They're all Definitely. over it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 I think at least for a lot of my friends, it's, it's sports betting. Mm. Where it's just, really? Yeah, every weekend like they'll put a few bets on and it becomes a social thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of you might go out as a team and be like, all right, everybody chuck, chuck on one leg of a 10-leg multi. Mm. And if we get it, we'll split it. Mm. Uh, or they advertise now, get it with your mates and have like a, you know, a group. Yeah. And yeah. it becomes almost a habitual, socialistic They're very clever, aren't they, in putting oh, relationship into the mix. It's no longer just a competitive thing of the individual. It's now I'm doing this with my mates. Mm. Yeah, and it's like who who did you put money on this week? Yeah, well, who did? Yeah, and it's it just goes from there. And yeah. it's very addictive. But I haven't been wow. involved a whole lot because my philosophy is always if the company's doing it and making money, then they must be getting the money from somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Um, and if they weren't making money, they wouldn't still be around. So I my just tell people go get out of the casino. There's no fake marble down there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> If you go down there and it's got gold all around the place, you know that they're making money, they're not losing it. Yeah, mm. it's pretty much the way it goes. I mean, my hope is it'll go the same way as cigarette advertising did in the early 80s where well, AFL and um, Formula One and all those are all sponsored by cigarettes, cigarette advertising. And you'll get, you know, look at the old replays in the 1980s, it's all cigarette advertising. And these days there's lots of, when you just mm. watch an AFL game, there's probably about six ads in between kicking yeah, a goal and it's all on gambling. Mm. And, and also some of the AFL teams have, they're either sponsored by a gambling um, company or, um, or by crypto uh, companies as well. There's at least two AFL teams I've seen and big wow. bold print, you know, prom- um, promoting cryptocurrency um, apps and stuff like that. Well, so have you? Many of your friends got crypto stuff. Yeah. Um, especially when I was in my last job, which was I guess technology consulting. There was a lot of people. Who, interested in that technology space and mm. cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and the metaverse and how that's going to take over. And there's, yeah, a lot of them have got a reasonable amount of money in there. But it's it's always interesting. They never really like talking about exactly how much they've got in or how much they've lost or made. It's always just saying it's in there. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of, I guess, vagueness. And it, it, it's almost like a 
cool thing to be to be doing it and to yeah. be involved. And it's like a gambling. They never tell you what they lost. They only tell you, oh, I, I got the They, they, they throw you in, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they'd, you'd come into work the next day and they'd be like, oh, do you see the prices this morning? Going up, yeah, so good. The next day they'll be like, do you see prices? No, don't, don't talk to me. Not yeah. today. I think most people would be shocked if they really read the Bible to discover how much wisdom about finance is in there. Like there's a great verse where it says, uh, that wealth got in haste will fly away. You know, that the quick fix thing. A lot of what you've been saying in our last couple of sessions has been about, I mean, it sounds a bit boring, in one, to, I guess, to some people, but it's about the, you know, just the slow build-up of stuff. Hmm. I mean, Gabby, you were asking a question about when's the right time to start saving for a house. Is yeah, that's pretty much it. I think when I turned 20, I was like, whoa. Turn 20 and then also a couple of months later got a full-time job and then getting some more money I'm like oh I should start being responsible and then <laughs> past couple of weeks uh walked around big park with dad and saw all these like houses getting renovated I was like oh I should start building a house <laughs> <laughs> so I actually talked to Pete for a little bit about that okay. but um yeah I'd be interested about when should I start saving for a house as soon as you can so, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the right, sooner yeah, it's, yeah. I mean for example that um Client who's who saved up one hundred fifty thousand from when he was fifteen till a couple of years ago. So he started when he was fifteen, yeah. and um, uh, he's, he's always had those sort of aspirations. But you know, you don't expect someone to save that much. But sooner you can save, start saving for better for a goal. And again, you're only young, so you, it's, my view, you still want to spoil yourself, have a good time with your mates, and say, "No, sorry, I can't go out there. That, that's not in my budget." You you got to have a good time. Get Get yourself set up first with you know essential things like maybe getting a car and some wheels so you're independent, and you know being able to do things like shout mum and dad out to dinner that's a good thing, um, those sorts of things. <laughs> Pay me after Solomon, um, and um, uh, that's a good that's a good thing. But then you know once you've got yourself set, then establish goals and then start saving for those goals. And like you said, if you have a quick fix, you don't appreciate it. Uh-huh. Just, no worries, I'll just get another one. Um, whereas if you save up for a car and then you get that car and you think, oh wow, and you really appreciate that car or or the home or whatever it might be. Otherwise, um, yeah, you just never appreciate it. It's just that's just part of today's instant gratification sort of type society. Yeah, okay. so. so speaking about the housing market though, Pete, for these young guys, cool, um, the whole idea of a house, you know, um, in this kind of environment, we've gone from a couple of months ago, it was housing prices, we are in boom city. Mm. It's all going to take off. Then the first interest rate hike, and all of a sudden all we read is the sky is falling and it's all over and don't do anything and lettuce are $11 a lettuce. <laughs> so can you, how do we make sense? And I really want for our young adults, I want them to face the future with confidence and faith. Mm. Not with fear and, oh, you know, what should these guys be thinking about when it comes to the housing market or the future or whatever? Well, first of all, I think, again, it all, all goes to the media and headlines, etc. Rates have gone up. Yes, they've gone up for the first time in 12 years. But guess what? That should never have been a surprise to anyone. Whatever comes down goes back up and whatever goes up comes back down. And even though we've had two rate rises, we're still at historically very, very low rates. Mm. So, I mean, if, if two years ago you'd told someone that interest rates were going to be about 3%, you'd have kissed them on both cheeks saying, thank you, I'll take the money and run. <laughs> Whereas now, oh, the rates have gone up, oh, panic station. So my, if, 
if after one or two rate rises you're in panic mode, that tells me, tells me you borrowed way too much in the first place. And we always advocate, look, the bank will lend you that much over there. Over there you have an awesome life but a miserable life, so maybe come back over here. But now with interest rates at all-time lows, actually maybe come back over here because the first time rates go up, I don't want to see you on a current affair saying, that crook Peter Gommie never should have arranged that finance. He should have known I couldn't, I couldn't afford that. And these days, uh, the way things are, people don't want to accept responsibility for their own actions. So if we say no, another bank will say yes and, oh, beauty. But then as soon as the chips are down, guess what? Who can I blame? Who can I sue? Mm. So, um, so, yes, I think you've got to sort of put it in perspective as far as that goes. The other thing is there, you don't, there's, there's a number of um, really great government schemes around that can help people such as first home buyers and even um, single parents, et cetera, which maybe aren't well understood or known. So the first of those, the most widely known, is the First Home Owners Grant. Um, with that, if you buy a brand-new property or you buy an, um, that's never been lived in, or you buy an off-the-plan property, or you buy a block and build, you're entitled to a $10,000 um, grant up to a maximum purchase price of $750,000. If you're buying an established and um, or a new property, you also get stamp duty concessions. So up to maximum purchase price of um, $430,000. If Jeff or I were buying that property, uh, it would cost us about $14,000 in stamp duty. But for you guys, it's nothing. After four th- above 4.30 up to 5.30, you start paying stamp duty, but it's at a discounted rate. But the amount of that discount runs out rapidly until when you hit 530000 no discount. Um, there's also another uh, little-known grant called a REBA grant, which stands for Real Estate and Business Agents Board. Um, two criteria, uh, maximum purchase price of $400,000, and you must buy it through a licensed real estate agent. That means it can't be a private sale. And for that, once settlement's gone through, you can make application of that and you get $2,000 cash back. But more particularly, or probably more helpful for um, first-home buyers, it's always hard to raise a deposit. So you can, one way of getting around that, you might go to the bank of mum and dad and they might agree to be guarantor for you, pledging their house of security. But we don't want too many mud pies thrown at me, so I won't go there. But that's, that is one option. But there's a couple of other government schemes that came out. Let me lay my hands on. The first one, it's a first-home loan deposit scheme. And it's also another one which is very similar, which is a new home guarantee scheme. And basically what it is is that you're only required to save a 5% deposit. So if you save 5%, the government will effectively act as guarantors maybe in lieu of your parents. So normally, if you borrow more than 80%, you'd have to pay this ugly thing called mortgage insurance, which might be anywhere from ten dollars to $20,000. In addition, you'd pay a pretty ugly hmm. interest rate. But under this government scheme, if you've saved 5% of the purchase price, so if you bought something for $400,000, you would pay no stamp duty, you get the $2,000 REBA grant, and if you say 20,000, uh, 20, that means you'd be borrowing 380. 80% of 400 is 320. So the government will guarantee the bank the rest of that $60,000. So you don't pay any mortgage insurance. So you only need a 5% deposit. So that's really good. And that's the same for if you're a new home buyer. And then if you're um, a single parent, it's, the scheme is very similar, but you only need a 2% deposit. And the government will guarantee the rest down Where to eighty percent. Where do you find all this stuff out? Like, what about the rest of you? But I sit here going, I haven't heard half of this. Yeah. And I think, how does the? Well, obviously they come to you, and you can tell them all this stuff. Mm. But most of us, I don't think it would have changed all that much. We don't learn personal finance at school. They don't teach you any of that. They don't teach you anything. You know, I learned a whole lot of stuff about the dates of the kings of England, uh, which might have been nice to know, but. Uh, no one taught me anything about money. 
Do you, is that the way you guys kind of feel? It's like a big, it's a big package of mystery. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I guess a couple of things I did when I first started working full-time was like, okay, I want to understand superannuation a bit better and make sure I'm with a good super company. I want to understand budgeting a little bit. And more recently, I've started looking at um, some of the house and the incentives and I've chatted with Peter Gom as well. So, okay, I need to go out of my way, just do a whole bunch of Google, search through everything, just try to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and more recently as well, a few weeks ago, I was like, I want to understand credit cards a bit better. When are they useful? When are they not so useful? Should I be thinking about getting one? Um, and I guess, yeah, these sessions that I'm having with Peter Gom is perfect for this because there's a lot of mis- miss out there or misunderstandings and there's so much information you don't know what's true, what to filter through or even how to work through some of the, um, I guess, bank jargon and the numbers behind it because it yeah. gets very complicated very quickly. That's a good point because there's so much stuff that, you know, you, you need to have a degree in literature, I think, to be able to figure out what on earth they're talking about sometimes, hey? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you, when you actually, so if you came to us was to apply for a loan, for example, we would actually say, did you know that this scheme is available? And then we would actually help you to apply for those respective grants. Um, there's also, you touched on super, Danny. There's also a first home super saver scheme into which you can either, um, or you can contribute up to a maximum of $30,000. You can put that money into super and you can even, um, what they call salary package into that super, which means before the government takes tax out of your pay, that money can be paid directly into the super fund. So for example, if your income was $40,000 a year and your salary sacrificed 10000 straight into super, you only pay tax on the $30,000. Um, Did but, any of you know about this? I learned it at the start of the year. Okay. We just right, started doing it. And so then when you... And so that's you, a pretty big... Yes, yeah, so you can save tax on that, but you pay 15% tax on the way into super, but that's much less than what you would pay on that income. If, you're a, single, if you're a single young person earning a pretty good wage... Mm that's a great way to kickstart your super while you can do it because you're not bound to doing that every year, are you? No, no, it's, it's up to you as to when you do it. Yeah, yeah right. Yep. Um, and then good. when you're ready to buy a property, you let the tax department know. They let you know how much you've got. While it's in, in the, um, the super fund, they have like, like a deeming rate. And as that last year, the deeming rate was 4.7%, which is way more than you get sitting in a bank account. Um, and then they will um, release the savings once you've bought the property and away you go. So that's a really good... Hmm. scheme as well there's a lot of things in there that are available aren't there that's yeah. amazing. and so a lot of people don't know about those but as i say we sort of point those out when they come to see us for a um for a home loan the other thing you talked about there too was about um credit cards and whether i should get one which also harks back to one of the issues um, you raised in um, last month's session about getting a credit how should i apply for credit just to bump up my credit check and i said no, not for the purposes of that. So to me, um, and I've said this before, you know, don't use a credit card to spend money you haven't got. Use a debit card to use money that you do have. So the, to me, the only circumstances under which you'd get a credit card would be uh, you might want to use it for overseas and you might actually put it in credit and use it overseas to access ATMs or as a debit card mm-hmm. to buy goods and services. Um, and so there's a couple of cards out there where it's free to use overseas, whereas otherwise most other credit cards charge you a fortune when you use them overseas. So that might be... One example, um, two might be um, that you use it in conjunction with a home loan. So if you had a, a home loan that had an offset account, and for those out there in TV land who don't know what an offset account is, you might have a home loan over here that on which you owe 400000 and then you might have $10,000 sitting over here in your 
um, savings account or offset account. And all that means is the bank just charges the interest on whatever the net balance is between those. So if you owe $400,000 here and $10,000 sitting in your savings account, the bank would only charge you interest on $390,000. So using a credit card in conjunction with that, you can park all your expenditure on the credit card, use up the interest-free period on the credit card, and on the day when the bank's about to start charging you interest, you pay that, the bank will debit your savings account, pay that off in full. So the advantage of that is that's kept all your, or maximise your balance in your offset account whilst all your expenses are um, chalking up in the um, home loan, sorry, on the credit card, thereby saving you interest on your home loan. Wow. So that's a, a big benefit there. Other than that, though, um, oh, and the other, the other reason might be if you're trying to accumulate frequent flyer points. But frequent, getting frequent flyer points, quite often the fees outweigh the, outweigh the I, benefits. Listen, I just flew um, a couple of weeks ago, and trust me, it's like the number of points since COVID that they want for you to go anywhere have just gone and if you know, you're, you're trying to use frequent five points to go from here to Brisbane, it takes you three days to get there. <laughs> yeah. six and, and that was where my question came from. Is like, oh, lots of people use their frequent five points. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is it reasonable, reasonably quick, quick to accumulate or what's the benefit? But, yeah, well, it can be in some cases. Like there's some banks out there. There's one bank announced a special the other day for home loans where they'll give you 300,000 frequent five points. So you get that thing, oh, wow, okay. You can go to Bali back then. So there's some of those specials. Other than that, I wouldn't advocate going down the credit wow. card path, to be honest. Again, the, if you can pay for cash for everything and use a debit card, happy days. It's not either, though, just about not doing stuff. It's about having some idea, even if your only goal is I want to be financially free so that I'm able to make choices. Because this is what I know is if you have no buffers in your life or you have no margin, your choices shrink to this, to that. Mm. Uh, and you end up in a place where you're not able to go. And do, we're not talking about luxuries for yourself. I'm talking about even just being able to give or to bless or to do whatever you might want to do for others. Mm. And all of a sudden you can't. And I think uh, I've lived both sides of that equation. And I certainly prefer the one of going, I want to be able to be a blessing in people's lives. That's for sure. Yeah, and again, we, and we talked about it previously, but again, unfortunately, today's society, it's all about trying to keep up with the Joneses, peer mm. pressure that Lizzie referred to with the students at school and, and working early, just so, again, so they can keep up with the Joneses. So I get, I'm, I'm showing my age here. The kids have to wear school uniforms these days? Yes. Well, at least that's a good thing. <laughs> because, but they'd still wear Converse or something with the school uniform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's right. how you dress it up. We used to have barters with a free compass in the heel, but anyway. Wow. Wow. So everyone had barter shoes, so we're all you know, pretty much equal. When we walked into school, we didn't have Converse or any of that sort of stuff. Great. Or Dunlop always. Well, listen, I hope this has been helpful. Have any of you got any last question or comment you want to make here, anything burning in your heart? You go, Pete, I've got to know this before I go. No, I can always book a session with him, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Liz, anything from you? Uh, no, actually, you, you ticked off a lot of my questions even oh. before I had to ask them. Oh. So, yeah, we're all good. Wow. No, all good. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's great. You know where I am. Hey, listen, you know, we're praying for you guys as well because we really want to see you guys set up for the best of whatever God's got for you. Because I think, and I love what, you know, the step Gabby's taken of saying, I'm actually not sure I could just track up this path because obviously you were doing well. You wasn't like the first year was a bust. You're, you're doing well. But then going, but God, what do you want for my life? And I think that's one of the things, you know, that for each one of you, there's a sense of, I feel called to this. I know Liz 
when I was talking to you when you were studying and there'd be exam stress and all the rest of that. But there was a sense of, but I'm meant to be doing this. It's not just a job that I happen to be good at. There's a sense of call for that. And I think that's what I think makes following Christ uh, so special as you realise that there's a plan for your life, you know. So it's no longer just about am I tracking along, am I going to be okay, you know, am I going to be happy, am I going to find Mr or Miss Right, am I going to, you know, uh, have money in the bank or have that thing that I want. It's about going, there's something deeper within us that says I want to please God, I think, anyway. Um, I've been amazed over the years when people come to Christ, something inside of them really does change. You know, they really do shift in the things that matter to them. And some of the thought patterns around, you know, like just serving or wanting to be a blessing or being kinder or more loving or whatever, there is something. I don't think it makes Christians better. I just think it gives you a very different outlook on life, which is pretty remarkable. So, yeah. So, uh, Danny, I think I might break with tradition. I might just ask you to pray for your generation. Would you do that? Yes. That'd be cool. Thanks, and. Dear Lord, we come before you tonight. Um, we lift up these sessions that we've been having, the discussions and um, topics we've been talking about on finance. Um, we thank you that there is wisdom, there is experience out there. We thank you that you guide us in how to be wise with our mm. finances mm. Um, and how to not just, I guess, live a life for ourselves but for others mm. and to be a blessing for the people around us. We especially want to lift up the younger people of the generation coming mm. through, Lord, mm. who I guess are still learning um, how to value money, what the use of money is and how to use it wisely for themselves and the people around them. Um, and I would just pray that as they get bombarded by information, Lord, that you would just be able to provide some clarity um, in their hearts mm. and in their minds, Lord, they'll be yeah. able to seek wisdom and, and wise counsel mm. um, from people more experienced or who are in the right industries and areas. Um, and we pray that in all these things, you would just continue to work in them and through them so that they can um, live a life that you have planned for them and also help and support others around them that might be in need. Um, we just pray that as you, we continue to go forward, you'll just continue to grow in us um, and in the communities around us and let us be a blessing to those around us. Um, and we pray all this in your almighty name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Gabby. Thank you, Peter, again. But listen, just before we go again, I never ever like to finish these moments with you without taking the opportunity to talk to you about receiving Christ into your life. You know, over the years, I've seen thousands, I guess, of people uh, give their life to Christ, make the decision, I'm going to allow Jesus not just to touch me or to, you know, engage with me, but I'm going to allow him to be the Lord of my life. I'm going to allow him to be the God of my life. I think that one of the greatest blessings that all of us here would, would probably picking that our top few things about following Christ is the fact that, you know, he guides you. You can look back over your life and go, even if it wasn't like a, you know, massive big supernova kind of blinding light kind of a deal, but you look back over your life and go, God was there. He was looking after me. You know, he guided me. And I think that's one of the greatest promises that God gives to his children. He says, I will lead you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I call them by name. So he knows who you are. And no matter who you are, God knows you and wants to engage with you, wants you to open your life and say yes to Jesus. And we would love to be a part of helping you with that. 
if you would like to test, text the word yes, Y-E-S, simple as that. Just text that through to the number on your screen there right now if you're in Australia. It's 0488 826 392. If you're outside of Australia or if you'd like to get our help via email, it'll come to you every day. Uh, then you just simply go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Of course, if you're with us on the metrochurch.online platform, you just click on the yes button. It's there for you right now. And we would love to help you. We will be praying for you for sure. We'll also be sending to you each day, just fits on one screen of the smartphone actually, a Bible verse, different every day, and a prayer, different every day. We do that because we know that for some people, I had a man say to me recently, I just don't understand the prayer thing. He said, I don't know how to. Never grew up in a home where prayer was ever even spoken of. And so I simply prayed with him, just like you did or like you do. We've all got our own way of doing it, but we want to help you get started because prayer is you communicating with God. The Bible is God communicating with you. And we believe that God's got a great life for you. We believe that you can know Jesus and that you can be profoundly touched and become a great blessing for others as well. So thank you for that. Just send in your yes text. We'll be praying for you. By the way, you're always welcome here at Metro. Don't forget again, next Sunday, it's on a Monday. We'd love to see you here, man or woman. You're more than welcome. It'll be a very special day. But at any time, you're welcome here at Metro. Thank you for joining with us. God bless you. We'll see you somewhere.